views and opinions expressed by callers, guests, and hosts do not necessarily reflect those of the Black Talk Radio Network and Black Talk Media Project. Black Talk Radio is new black media for the new millennium. Radio. It is a Wednesday night. It's the last day of July 2019, July the 31st, 2019. And you are tuning in to a broadcast uh, tonight where we give you a rundown of some of the stories that have happened over the past week or so that are symptoms of a corrupt, inhumane system exploiting human beings for profit. This is slavery. Um, slavery, I have come to acknowledge um, since I've been taking a look at prison slavery, that slavery does come in several different forms. But the purpose of this program is to focus on um, the imprisonment of human beings for profit. So that's the type of slavery that we are talking about. And there is a pipeline into it. And that pipeline uh, started with the passage of the 13th amendment which has an exception clause that says that they can use involuntary servitude and slavery against the individual if first they convict that person of a crime so that is what we focus on and there are just so many ways though that like i mentioned earlier some of these stories are just symptoms of something like for example police brutality we'll be focusing on a case tonight uh, concerning Dallas police officers uh, killing this man and laughing and joking about it but um, many people see that as a problem in and unto itself when it really isn't it is part of a a symptom it's a symptom of a system and that system is one of slavery um, and, of course, throughout, if you know the history of slavery in this country, that is the primary reason that race was even introduced as a, a way of labeling a human beings. So, you know, police violence, um, that's rooted in their slave catcher days. That is what they did. They policed the roads and, and the highways and the byways and, and searched for runaway victims of slavery. So a lot of these things are symptoms and we just try to help people make the connection that a lot of this stuff is, is related. Um, and like tonight, um, a lot of people, some people, I, I should, should get out of the habit of saying a lot of people, but, you know, I have observed some people who don't seem to recognize that the immigration, mass immigration detention that we are seeing, uh, many of these people attempted to do it the quote-unquote right way and go through a port of entry to apply for political uh, asylum, and um, they are are being held in, in detention and being kept in detention and being separated from any children they may have with them and it just appears that despite years of broadcasting on Black Talk Radio Network there are some who listen to this network who still don't understand that these things are related it's the same oppressor 
doing the same old oppressing, which is practicing slavery in a racialized manner. And also there is a class element to that. So welcome to tonight's broadcast. Um, our regular panelists will not be joining us tonight, or they may call in and chime in. We're reformatting new abolitionist radio, really doing a whole lot of uh, reformatting. And um, they will be contributors. And from time to time, they'll call in with a special report or to promote an upcoming event that's coming up. Um, the stories that I'll be focused on tonight, um, just a few um, in the um, next 55 minutes, um, the child dodgeball assault case that kind of went viral on social media. Uh, some very unsettling things were said about that case as well in trying to say uh, this is why black people shouldn't care about children being separated from their parents and 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 herded into um, these these pens and these cages because of black children are are being uh prosecuted in in the system well it's still the same thing it's still look we cannot call call for justice but only call justice for some because that is injustice if we want a just society we cannot turn a blind eye to injustice anywhere you know uh martin luther king famously uh spoke about that in in, in a speech a threat to justice anywhere is a threat to, it, it uh, um you know is a threat to justice everywhere and seems that many of us forget that simple lesson. And, and it is, I also see it as a tool of brainwashing by the powers that be to get people to focus on their differences and alienating themselves from developing a collective, um, a rainbow coalition, if you will, to confront the very same people that's doing the very same thing to all of us. Just some of us are, are being affected more than others. But I don't have to be affected by something to not um, stand up for justice. Okay, so, um, but um, we do have a couple of stories uh, related to the immigration uh, detention, one coming out of our, our home base here in North Carolina, coming out the state of North Carolina. You got a a the, what they calling it a children's home has gotten a four million dollar contract to house only 72 immigrant children separated from their parents at at the border. And this is really an egregious case because that same child care facility or home for youth um, had lost its license last year. Um, was shut down by the state of North Carolina. And from reports, they are unlicensed. Now, again, you well, what does that have to do with you? They're they not locking up little black boys and girls in there. Yeah, um, that's true. But um, we know that these same type of companies and businesses are uh, locking us all up. It's all interconnected. Um, and then as a taxpayer, um, aren't you concerned about the funds you provide this government um, and what they do with it, or are you just going to contribute your tax dollars to an unjust system and and not really basically worry about it and, and deflect any responsibility that you have considering that you, like all of us, are paying for this system of slave that's practicing slavery and injustice in so many level on so many levels and in so many forms. Um, another uh, slave catchers, you know, Dallas cops killed a man uh, who was who called nine one one and asked for help. Told him that he was schizophrenic, uh, was off his meds. I don't know why he was off his meds. Perhaps he couldn't afford his meds, given you know. The, uh, uh, how um, expensive medication is here in, in the United States due to the pharmaceutical lobby. Um, and then he ingested some, uh, I believe it was cocaine, and he had a bad reaction, and I guess he felt that he needed help. Well, obviously he felt he needed help, or he wouldn't have called 911 and told them uh, his exact situation. And for the cops to go out there and end up killing this man who asked for help, it's not justice. And then there was a big cover-up. 
Uh, the citizens on the grand jury did their job after reviewing the evidence and issuing an indictment uh, for the police officers involved. But then you had obstruction of justice by medical examiners who were refusing uh, to participate in the prosecution. So the district attorney just simply drops the case instead of charging the medical examiners who put that it was a homicide and that he died from asphyxiation. And we'll get into the details later, but saying that, oh, I won't testify uh, in a trial that these cops killed this man. Well, how did he get asphyxiated? That's an instruction of justice. And so that person um, should be fired immediately and perhaps uh, charged. I would say charge. You are obstructing a, a trial of a murder investigation um, because they're cops. Wow. So definitely want, want to talk about that. And speaking of people needing help, now you have the private prison slavers like the GEO Group um, and any of the other uh, Wall Street traded corporations who are profiting off of Donald Trump's immigration policies. Again, um, yes, there, we should have common sense immigration reform. Yes, people should uh, use the ports of entry. But even but Donald Trump has taken it to the extremes that even when a person does what is legal, what is laid out in federal law for them to apply for political asylum and the whole process that's laid out, he's just simply ignoring that because I guess he feels like he's a dictator and there's nobody to hold him accountable. And and so, um, you know, that is a, a terrible uh, situation. But now um, these migrants who have been held in these facilities are suing these private prison companies who have been contracted by ICE, the federal government, and, and suing these private prisons like or companies like the GEO Group for human rights violations and federal law, violating federal law, their rights under federal law. See, people seem to forget just because you're not a citizen doesn't mean that people can just violate your rights under federal law. Um, you know, the um, 64 Civil Rights Act um, lists uh, discrimination based on national origin is being prohibited um, and also uh, based on race, which is skin color. And, and, and so Trump is openly um, admitting by stating a preference in public for, let's say, Norwegian or quote unquote white people from Europe. He likes those type of immigrants, but African nations are, are, are asshole nations Um all these people coming from south of the border are bringing in drugs, are rapists, are murderers. And and so he has already uh, violated the 64 Civil Rights, the spirit of the 64 Civil Rights Act uh, in his very language. But again, nobody seems to want to uh, hold him accountable. Um, so these are the stories that I will be talking about over the next, uh, what, 46, 47 minutes. But if you have a question or comment, we invite you to share it um, by giving us a call at 704-802-5056. That's 704-802-5056. And you hit the star key twice. That will give me a signal um, that you would like to speak. Now, before I get into these stories, I do have a couple of updates um, concerning uh, some of the friends of the network, some of the contributors to the network, as well as some network, Black Talk Radio Network updates, I should say. So let me just pull that up. Um, Black Fathers Connected. Now, this is a group we've had a guest on. I'm sorry, I don't remember his name right offhand right now. Um, but he was a guest about three or four weeks ago, but he's based in Charlotte. Um, he has a group called Black Fathers Connected. Um, it is a North Carolina organization, again, based in Charlotte. And they're having a meet and greet um, at the Fox and Hound Sports Tavern, which is located at Center Lake Drive, number 200 in Charlotte, North Carolina, 28216. If you would like to get more information, uh, give a call to this following number, 980-251-8498. That is 980 
1-800-273-8598. Again, that's Black Fathers Connected to give you an idea of this group, although the founder was on to speak about um, prison slavery and, and um, you know, the pipeline and all the connected um Issues that are leading people into prison, but um, he also runs a nonprofit to as a support group for black fathers, uh, especially black fathers who may be going through custody issues um, and uh, and uh, divorce issues or whatever you're going through. Get connected with other black fathers. Uh, so that's Black Fathers Connected. This will be on August the first. That's tomorrow, Thursday, from six p.m to 8 p.m., so that's two hours. Uh, again, a meet and greet at the Fox and Hound Sports Tavern, Center Lake Drive, number 200, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28216. And you, again, for more information, call 980-251-8498. Um, there, I do have a event that's happening in Boston. Um, there is an event concerning the caging of children and I'm going to our group on Facebook and I'll tell you why I'm citing Facebook in just a moment as I give you a network update about our social media community but coming up um, let me pull this up all cages are connected no more hashtag no more cages there's going to be a Boston march against cages um, let me see. This will be on August the 4th, uh, Boston March Against Cages. If you just type that into uh, the search engine on Facebook, Boston March Against Cages, you should be able to find the event. The, here are the details. The American Correctional Association, the ACA, annual conference is in Boston uh, through August the 1st through the 6th. The ACA is the largest accreditor of prisons, ICE facilities, jails, and concentration camp administrators. Their annual conference is the belly of the beast, where thousands of guards, wardens, ICE, border patrol, jailers, weapons companies, prison profiteers, and more gather to make connections and build their bonds. Um, they provide a link deeper than water.org slash no ACA. That's deeper than water.org slash no ACA. Um, it goes on to say as abolitionists, um, we recognize such accrediting bodies lend legitimacy to unconscionable abuses such as institutionalized sexual violence toxic water, extreme heat and cold, and much more. Wherever the ACA goes, abolitionists will gather to confront and hold them accountable for their role in holding up the atrocities of caging our fellow human beings. We say no cages for anyone and no credentials for camps. Um, again, this is the Boston March Against Cages, Sunday, August the 4th, 1.30 to 4.30. It will start at the Boston Public library steps now they also have a list of demands it's also important to have always important to have a list of demands they are demanding of the ACA do not certify or rescind certification of prisons and detention facilities with documented human and environmental abuses and all involvement with ICE and the uh, CBP make all aspects of certification process and results easily available to the public we demand the state of Massachusetts um, driver license for all in, in Massachusetts decline to prosecute immigration offic uh, offenses in the use of solitary confinement administrative segregation in Massachusetts decline to prosecute crimes related to mental illness and substance abuse disorder or substance use disorder is their exact word uh, un unquivocal support for transgender prisoners medical social and safety needs without retribution or punitive action um, as in administrative segregation no new prison construction depopulate prisons through furlough parole and decarceration in the use of cve and do not cooperate with ice slash c b p all right, so when it has a number of uh, people uh, endorsing this action, so again, that's this 
coming Sunday. If you are in the Boston area, we hope um, that you will participate in this abolitionist action. We're against all forms of slavery and human trafficking in this country. Uh, let me see. Now, um, network updates, Black Talk Radio Network updates. So, again, unfortunately, our social media community, BTR community, um, uh, SQL database for any developers out there. Y'all know what my SQL is. And um, so that database got corrupted and it just crashed the site. I'm not even sure I'm going to be able to retrieve any kind of uh, data off of that database. Um, I have the database still, but it's, it's been corrupted, and that's why the site's not working anymore. Um, so what I'm doing now is I was running it off the servers um, that I manage Black Talk Radio Network on, as well as some of our sister sites like Time for Awakening, uh, Radio.com, and a few other clients. And that server doesn't have all of the software programs that I need to um, run the full functionality of that social media uh, community that we were licensing uh, from this company. I mean, you only have to really pay for it one time, um, but then you can't get any updates or anything else like that. And after a year, the license expires, but you know, you still are legally able to use it. But if you want any bells and whistles that come in the future, then you got to renew that license. So it's well, we had not renewed the license and so um, we're going to renew that license and install the most recent version. But also we're shopping around for a server. And I've already contacted a few because among the things that I judge on whether I'm going to use a company or not is on their customer service. If I don't get, you know, uh, uh, adequate customer service, then that's, that's a red flag right there. But most important thing, well, that's important, but the most important thing is, is that the server has all the scripts that I need, especially to turn on a feature like being able to upload videos from your phone or whatever device uh, that you're using. Um, as before, because we didn't have the proper scripts, um, we could only import videos via like YouTube and some of the other platforms out there. So um, I'm right now I'm still shopping around. Um, we'll do the uh, relicensing, get the most updated software. Um, perhaps if we have the funds, go ahead and pay for it to be installed by the company that licenses the software, or I can install it myself. I, I did pretty good that first time. I mean, we ran it for three years. Only the feature of uploading videos didn't work, but that wasn't my fault. Um, that was because the server didn't have the scripts and I, and I could not, um, um, upload those particular scripts to that server because um, the server provider didn't allow it. So um, that's where we are, but btrcommunity.com is coming back. All right, so now I can move on and get to our stories over the next, what, 28 minutes. Again, if you have a question or comment, uh, be quick about it. 704-802-5056, um, 704-802-5056. And um, also, uh, speaking of funding, just want to uh, give a thank you to those who have made recent donations to the Black Talk Media Project. Those donations are tax deductible. So if you are one of those that itemize or claim those type of deductions on your tax forms, um, um, please know that um, donations to the Black Talk Media Project are tax deductible. All right. Um, so in the news, let, let me go through what's in the news. A 10-year-old boy was charged in juvenile court. Um, this is um, in the same county uh, in Michigan, Wayne County, um, that Detroit rests in. I knew that. Um, I knew that because I used to live there. But uh, also, Kim Worthy is the prosecutor that was in, involved in this case. And I know her from the Devontae Sanford case when she was doing everything she could um, to prevent Devontae Sanford from getting justice and getting out of prison. Uh, even though you had a man, Vincent, I can't remember Vincent's last name, who confessed to the quadruple murders, which was a drug hit. And he was a hit man. And, and Vincent confessed to this, and she was still fighting to keep him in. Uh, we covered that case for about a year or so um, on, on Black Talk Radio Network. And, you know, Mr. Sanford's been out now for about 
maybe going on on two years. But so I knew, you know, uh, some of the parties involved over there at Wayne County uh, prosecutor. I have to say, uh, Kim Worthy, uh, just based on her handling of the Devontae Sanford case, was she was not practicing justice. And I would not want her as a prosecutor over the county that I live in. Um, but anyway, it was in her her district or her county that um, a 10-year-old black boy, black child, was uh, uh, charged with assault um, for, quote-unquote, intentionally hitting another boy uh, who was white. Now, some people have pointed out that that makes it a racial right there, and there is data to support that um, black children, male or female, suffer harsher punishments than their white uh, student counterparts um, but we have to judge the cases individually um, not saying this didn't play a role in it but the school only suspended the boy for one day that seemed appropriate if he really did intentionally call kids will be kids he might have seen that movie dodgeball where you know people get hit in the face and everybody's laughing and joking or perhaps he watches vi uh, cartoons with those elements of violence uh, in it this is a 10 year old child so even if he intentionally did it his brain doesn't understand that somebody could be seriously um, injured and you know he's thinking that uh, perhaps that um, oh, he's not going to be hurt just like uh, the cartoon characters aren't, aren't hurt or, or what have you. So um, enough of playing child psychologist here. But w the school, I thought, did an appropriate thing. Perhaps we could argue about that. Um, but they only, had, they only suspended him. He couldn't come to school the next day. Sit at home, think about why you hit this boy in the face when we said, you know, we're not going to hit each other in the face with these balls. But children will be children. Uh, and, and so it happened. So they said 24-hour suspension, I guess. Uh, One-day suspension. But who in the prosecutor office and had decided to press charges against this child? Albeit in juvenile court, but that don't make it any better. That's the pipeline to prison. Right there, that's the beginning of the pipeline uh, to prison. Um, it also has it has an adverse impact on that child's family because this woman was looking at two thousand plus dollars in attorney fees to hire an attorney um, for her child to make sure her child didn't get snatched from her and put in one of these youth detention facilities or homes on on a first time offense. They still do that stuff. Okay, and and um, so my question is, and if it was the mother who reported it to um, the authorities or if it was the school resource officer, uh, if it was the mother, let me stick with the mother, being emotional like that, being that she had told the school that he has a rare medical condition that he can get a concussion from and head injuries easily. Um, you know, um, she and said that some other t children, not this child, had targeted him. So I guess maybe she felt he was being bullied or he said he was being bullied and she brought up the issue. So I can understand her overreaction. Um, my child is all had, required hospitalization because of this rare medical condition, black eye, busted nose, all that from being hit in face with a dodgeball. I'm, I'm surprised they still even allowed children to play dodgeball um, medical issues or not. Uh, um, because when we played dodgeball in elementary school, and I can clearly remember uh, Seal Elementary School in the gym trying to hit somebody in the face with a ball back in the 70s. I mean, it's, it, you know, so really. Um, but the question that I think most needs asking is, what kind of prosecutor in her office, if Kim Worthy didn't uh, file the charges herself and it was one of her assistants and, you know, it hadn't even been brought to her attention, um, I want to know who that person is. Now, the good news is, is that the charges have been dropped. Kim Worthy came out and said that it wasn't appropriate to charge this child and, and put them through juvenile court and that the parents should work it out among themselves, which the parents seem willing uh, to do. And so 
that to me is a good resolution to this situation. Um, I'm going to play this clip actually of of the mother of the 10 year old boy um, who was charged criminally, although the charges have been dropped. That's some good news. Um, and also let you hear from the um, child who was injured's um, mother. Kids are basically playing a game that we all have played. But on April 29th, what seemed like a harmless game ended with one student getting seriously hurt. According to the boy's mother, who asked we not show her face, he has a rare medical condition, making head injuries especially dangerous. According to a police report, during that game, another student threw a ball at his face on purpose. He sustained facial tissue damage to his face. He had a black eye and a bruised nose. Records show the then fourth grader also suffered a concussion. His condition is something Kamishi Lindley says she and her son Bryce knew nothing about. Wednesday, Bryce was charged with aggravated assault. I couldn't believe it. This is on top of a one-day suspension, which occurred right after the incident. This is a kid that was playing on the playground with his friends. I tried not to let it get to this point. This mother claiming her son had been hurt before and that she reported it to the school. My son was hit twice in the face with the ball previously due to this, and the child apologized to my son, and he said, Mom, it's okay. Um, we're still going to be friends. I'm unaware of any of those situations. Sorry that her child got hurt. I'd be sorry for any child that got hurt. Lindley just wishes problems like this could be solved in the classroom, not the court. So, uh, again, um, the charges have been dropped. That's the good news to report in this case. But it is worth bringing up is because this is how children, 10-year-olds, get put on the path to prison slavery in this country. Um, then, you know, let's say there's another infraction of juvenile behavior. Again, we're talking about children without fully developed brains that are emotionally immature and have a whole lot of outside influence to a negative extent that's impacting them every day, given the state of media uh, in, the, in the United States. And um, so, you know, say this child um, then gets a record. Now he's a troublemaker and he has a record that is following him throughout his school lasting life. If that is, he don't get sentenced to a private prison like those uh, two judges uh, eventually got convicted of taking children just like this and sentencing them to detention facilities. So uh, this is how the pathway to prison slavery um, starts. They they start marking them when they're very, very young. So I'm glad that Kim Worthy, um, despite her history of not practicing justice, got this one right. And I don't know if it took a public outcry, um, but thank you to those. I'm sure the family extends their thanks to those who did raise the public alarm or that this is a overreaction um, to this situation. All right. So um, let me take a station identification break. Um, just a real short one, and then we'll come back and we'll move to this story. I'm going to let you listen to this six-minute clip. There's going to be some pauses in between, and but um, I posted the video to today's promo page, but it's the body cam footage from the Dallas police officers uh, who are in the news once again. Dallas police was just in the news not that long ago for a racist, text messages or message board stuff uh, concerning some of their officers. And so, I mean, they stay in the news uh, with this stuff. And they got a black police chief because skin color don't matter when it comes to slave catchers, you know. Um, the only thing that matters is whether or not you practice injustice or you practicing injustice, all right? And um, this kind of story right here is it destroys the notion of the few bad apples how can it just be a few bad apples in a corrupt system? The system corrupts and infects all the apples that come into it because it's culture. It's a culture. And this story particularly is egregious. Um, you know, it was brought to, yeah, let me give credit to the investigators who did take this to a grand jury. Somebody had to do a police investigation at the department Send it over to the prosecutor's office. Um, I don't know if they give a recommendation or not. Then take it to a grand jury, if it's criminal charges, to get an indictment just like anybody else. 
that did occur and the grand jury did indict I think it's up to three officers but then as I noted at the beginning of the program very odd very strangely I've never in all my years of reporting and that's been over a decade ever come across a story where a medical examiner who has done an autopsy or examined the body and determines that a person died because of a homicide, which means an unnatural death. Somebody brought about this person's death. That's what homicide means. And then lists asphyxiation, but then you're going to tell me you're not coming to court to testify against these officers and say that they intended to kill this person. That's not what you're being asked to do. You're being asked to report your findings during the examination or the autopsy and just basically state what you put in the report. That this person died of a homicide due to asphyxiation because of these cops sitting on this dude, got him face first in the grass, sitting on his back to where his chest can't compress, therefore he can't breathe. He tells you, you're killing me, and in 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 quotes Eric Gardner and says, I can't breathe. And I'm just going to let y'all listen to it, but I just ain't never heard of no story where no medical examiner refuses to testify. Well, that's instruction of justice. A prosecutor can get creative and go through the law books and what can I charge this person with who's preventing these, me from rendering justice or bringing these men to justice in this trial? And then they say they talked to three different ones and none of them. See, that's caused many of those medical examiners are on the side of the police. They are part of the corrupt system. Not saying every medical examiner is corrupt, but saying that most of them are in a corrupt system, just like the cops are in a corrupt system. So if the system is corrupt, then there can be no good in it. All right, can there be some good people with good intentions? Yes, but they say what? The road to hell is paved with good intentions, right? That That's a saying. I don't know how true, how much truth it is to that, but, uh, you know, it's pretty popular, so it might be some truth to it. All right, so let's take a listen to this, this um, video. It's given a warning of graphic content on August the 10th, 2016, 32-year-old Tony Temple. Let me pause this right quick. By the way, the corrupt system fought to hold this video, withhold this video from the public, i.e. news media outlets that tried to, through a FOI, a Freedom of Information Act request to get this video because it's in the public interest. You got cops who killed a citizen, and um, the public has an interest in that. And they fought for two years, and and the reason I'm reporting on it now is because, no, three years actually, this happened three years ago, and but just now the video has been released, from the video from the dash cam. So on August the 10th, 2016, 32-year-old Tony Temple called 911 for help. He was off his mental health medication and had taken drugs, this is what he told the dispatcher. Like I said, the guy told him I was a schizophrenic, that um, I hadn't taken my medication, and I took some cocaine, and I need some help. Um, uh, I might freak out here. I, I need some help. And the dispatcher said, oh, we're going to send you some help. And the cops come, oh, we're going to help you. And then 15 minutes later, this man is dead. Tony Temple is the victim's name. Um, this is again Dallas. We got any name okay. on him or anything? Just Tony's the only thing we can get. Help me! Tony! Hey, get on the ground. No, you're gonna kill me. I'm not gonna kill you. You're gonna kill me! You're gonna kill me! Yeah. When Dallas police officers arrived, Temple was already handcuffed by private security guards at a store on Mockingbird Lane. So for our radio audience, what you can't see in this video, again, it is posted in the description. If you're listening later on a podcast, um, it'll still be there. Um, but what you don't see is the guy's already on the ground, already sitting down. He was already restrained by a private security guard. Wasn't threatening to hurt nobody. He's freaking out. He's schizophrenic, off his meds, done did some cocaine. Um, we know that's a stimulant, 
but he had presence of mind to dial 911 to get some help before he hurt himself or hurt it or, or harmed others. And he's dead now, Tony Tempa. When Dallas police officers arrived, he was already handcuffed by private security guards at a store on Mockingbird Lane. The Dallas Morning News recently obtained police body cameras footage after a three-year battle for records and a judge ruling hey, Tony. in federal court. Tony. Tony. Hey, relax, man. No. Get you some help, Tony. Relax, man. Stay down. Tony, 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 Tony. 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 Just keep him down. That's too much. Stop it. Goes on to uh, caption it by saying he was restrained in this confidential position for 13 months. You're okay. With Tempa restrained, an officer jokes about the upscale address listed in his eyes. Yacht Club in Rockwall, that's supposed to be Please let me go, please. Hey, Tony. I'm trying to help you out, man. Just relax. Officers attempt to replace the handcuffs put on tam- Temple by private security officers. They also restrain his feet. I'm going to try to change the cuffs. Okay. So, so he got him hauled once he's up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 One asked about a Green Oaks cocktail special and apparent reference to a sedative used at Green Oaks Hospital, a private psychiatric facility. Uh. Green Oaks cocktail special? Officers continue applying pressure on Temple's back. They got their their knee on the back with all the weight on his back. uh, 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 He's choking out now. What's the plan? Agent FIC out here, sir. If they'll strap him to a gurney, one of y'all. Well, they can both both ride in the back. I'll drive the ambulance. (laughs) (laughs) Tempo isn't moving. Officers start to ask him if he's okay. He was scrumming a little too much. You alright, bud? He's gonna be alright. Is he acknowledging anymore? He's oh, I thought he nodded yes onto your question. Tony. 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 He's breathing. Tony. I'll make sure you're still breathing. Yeah. His nose buried in there. I think he's just, yeah, he's breathing. Real important right there, the observation made by, looks like a, I want to say this is the black officer. It could be the white officer. I can only see the hand. I know there was a black officer on scene, but it seemed to be the two white officers were the ones that were physically engaging Tony uh, Tempa. But that uh, whoever that officer was made the observation that his nose and mouth is buried in the freaking grass. So obviously he cannot breathe. He's not moving or in no no attempt to uh, get this man CPR or nothing. And I'm, I'm going to just leave it there because we're running out of time. Um, you can watch the rest of it. It's another three minutes of this. But a paramedic, now he's unconscious, unresponsive, laying on the ground with his face in the ground, not moving, didn't even turn him over on his side again, no attempt to revive him. And they give him a sedative. You giving a sedative to an unconscious person already who has already told you that he has t- ingested drugs or cocaine or something like that, and you're going to give him something y'all call green cocktail. So how often do are these cops calling in these these uh, uh, paramedics or whatever they are and administering these drugs uh, to people that they are detaining? That seems a bit dangerous being that you haven't tox screened them you don't know what kind of previous medical condition. And again, it's just totally negligence here because this man told the dispatcher that I'm on drugs. So introduce another drug into that cocktail, into that mix. And I'm sure he, well, I'm not sure, but it's possible he also may have been uh, drinking. So now this man is dead. This man is dead. It took three years just for the video to come out. 
Now, again, as I described earlier, it was taken to a, it was investigated, taken to a grand jury. The grand jury did issue an indictment, but then I'm sure the police union was working to get these cops charges dismissed. Maybe they called, put pressure on the medical examiner and say, hey, if you want some free tickets to this or that, or if you want to continue to get whatever privileges from us and, and to be counted as one of us, then, um, you know, you need to do everything you can to prevent these cops from being held accountable. So you got the medical examiners, three different ones, refusing to testify. That's destruction of justice. All three of them should be in jail right now. If I was a judge, I would order them into jail, especially if they're under contract. Man, this is a terrible case. All right, so let me move on. I, I tell you, man, these stories, again, are simply symptoms of the system of injustice that exists in this country that is predicated upon slavery and racism, but because of the 13th Amendment, anybody can become a victim. And so the skin color of this victim don't matter. The skin color of the slave catchers doesn't matter. What matters is a man is dead because of the actions of the slave catchers compounded by this so-called paramedic. Do paramedics take an oath to do no harm? I mean, you're just shooting up people that the police come across upon request shooting them up with a sedative. Man, this is crazy. Um, anyway, moving on, transitioning um, to the Donald Trump's immigration, unjust immigration, so-called reform, not that he's called it any kind of reform, um, but the enslavement for profit related to Trump's immigration policies continue to expand and people continue to profit off the injustice being perpetrated against non-white people seeking asylum in the USA. Uh, the majority, I should point out, from nations that the U.S. has meddled in from over overthrowing democratically elected, quote-unquote, socialist presidents like the one in Honduras and then forcing others to adhere to the U.S.-backed drug war, which has empowered brutal and vicious drug cartels in Guala, places like Guatemala Mala and uh, Mexico. Over 10,000 people in one year were killed in Mexico uh, related to uh, U.S.-mandated uh, US drug policies in Mexico. Now, so the Trump administration is continuing this child separation policy and has awarded a $3.9 million contract to New Horizon Group Home, LLC. Somebody set up a limited liability corporation to protect their personal assets in case they get sued. Um, but they have been granted this almost $4 million contract to house up to 72 migrant children. Um, if it's anything like the contracts that the GO group has gotten in the past or uh, Correction Corporations of America now known as, uh, what is their new name? Core Civic, um, where they have these occupancy um, guarantees and you still have to pay, the taxpayers still have to pay if the beds are empty. So let's say they only send 25 children there. Well, the taxpayer is still on the hook for 72. That's at least how the private prison contracts work to, um, that some of the states set up to house American citizens and non-citizens alike um, to deal with the quote-unquote overcrowded uh, conditions. So this was interesting about this group, and there was a report, uh, an investigation by a local um, news outlet here in North Carolina um, into this. They did it at 5 o'clock. I wasn't able to watch it. I hope that it's still um, on that page and I'm going to go back and check that out and if so, I'll share it um, through our social media networks but this particular New Horizon Group Home LLC had been shut down last year by North Carolina officials. officials. So here is a short, just a short clip about that, um, again, this is the New Horizon Group Home, LLC, that is profiting from 21st century slavery and human trafficking. Carolina company with dozens of violations, a facility unlicensed. So how does the federal government award millions of dollars to house migrant children here? 
a joint WRAL, WRAL.com investigation tonight. And as I was stating, that that was tonight at 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. So um, I will definitely go to check out and see if that investigation, that video is posted online. I imagine it, it should be or at WRAL.com. And so, you know, these are the same. Who do you think before Trump started rounding up all of these people, um, preventing them from going through the normal process of filing for a political asylum? Um, but who do you think um, this New Horizon Group Home LLC was housing at the time? It might indeed, well, they're unlicensed now, so they shouldn't even have no children. So like the, the, um, the reporter said there, how does an unlicensed facility not even licensed get a federal contract worth millions of dollars see this is slavery this is human trafficking and this is even outside of the purview of the 13th amendment see these children and their parents haven't been convicted of any criminal crimes to where it would apply and that distinction right there is why uh, many of them I feel are being successful or will be successful in their lawsuits against federal laws against human trafficking and slavery, okay? Um, But, um, you know, this is a very troubling, troubling story. I don't see how anybody could turn a blind eye to it. It is interconnected. As Malcolm X stated, the oppressed versus the oppressors is how we should be thinking and approaching um, this fight um, because it's going to take all of us and not just some of us, to match uh, um, the energy and the power of these prison profiteers, these modern-day slavers. So as a new abolitionist, I I must feel, I feel that I must emphatically um, make that clear in terms of why I um, advocate on the behalf of little children ripped out their parents' arms and sent here to North Carolina and being uh, given to some irresponsible adults who obviously couldn't even keep their own license, uh, license to care for any children. This is atrocious, man. I don't want my tax dollars paying for this. These children should have never been separated. All right, so again, speaking of Trump's immigration policies, private prison profiteer, the GEO group, which I you know mentioned in the previous story, is facing federal human trafficking lawsuits and want the federal government to pay for their legal fees to defend themselves in court. Now, Betsy Woodruff is reporting that over the last five years, a series of people formerly held in the GEO Group's private immigration detention facilities have sued the company over a work program. They allege that the company forces detainees to do manual labor for $1 a day, sometimes less, and has punished detainees who refuse with solitary confinement. Half a dozen suits are challenging the work programs and seeking damages for detainees from the GEO Group and Core Civic, which is another private prison company. Those are the two largest private prison slavers in the world. Um, They allege that the programs break a landmark law against human trafficking. And this is a case, I'm not sure if this is the same case, but um, we report on so many cases on New Abolitionist Radio. Again, we've been broadcasting, what, since 2013, maybe 2012. Um, But um, (laughs) this is like par for the coast. This is par par for the course, I, I should say. Um, but it is connected. It is all interconnected. So you don't care. Let's say you one of those people that say, well, I don't care what they got to do with me. Well, guess who's going to be on the hook for when they win this multi-million dollar lawsuit? Who's going to pay it? Just like when the family of, because the only reason these, this, um, um, these Dallas slave catchers are being brought to light, not just because of the, um, attempt of the media to enforce the records released through the court or the body cam footage through the court, but the family brought a federal lawsuit. And that's why, whereas the judge was able to rule that they got to release this. So who's going to be on the hook for that? Not the cops. They have qualified immunity in many cases. 
Many politicians use slave catchers as the guard dogs of the system of white supremacy practice and slavery. So they give them these little perks and these benefits, and which I feel encourages them to be reckless in their behavior and to intentionally, among some of them, to intentionally go out here and harm people. These men sound very immature. They don't sound like they're psychologically nor um, uh, emotionally mature enough to be even entrusted with such responsibility. Again, these slave catchers had a power of life and death. And they know they do. But the audacity of, and the Trump administration may go ahead and, and pick up the tab and pay the legal fees for the GO group and core civic to defend themselves um, against charges in the civil court, in the federal court, citing federal law. Because again, the law doesn't mean anything to Donald Trump nor those in his administration except for those perhaps who have quit out of frustration because he continues to act like he's some kind of uh, emperor or something and the law doesn't apply to him. But can you, But again, who would be when these people win? It's not a matter of if. I feel like the evidence is so strong that if, when these plaintiffs win their case, who's going to be on the hook for that? The American taxpayer, that's who. So either you want a system that's practicing justice or you want a system that's practicing injustice and we all collectively are going to pay for it one way or another, either with our lives or with our hard-earned energy um, that they take from us in the form of taxes. Again, this is a struggle of the oppressed against the oppressors. This is the struggle of the victims of slavery against the slavers. And as soon as we realize that and we combine our resources in our in our and and put the focus on the root cause which is slavery, then perhaps we can produce a more just society. All right, so the audacity of them, and I'm going to keep an eye on this story because I want to see what the Trump administration going to do. I would think that, and I see the caller um, before we get out of here, um, but I would think that would be a conflict of interest. How is the federal government going to be held in a, tri a civil trial in the case of these uh, uh, former uh, detainees through the immigration of pol policies? They're suing in federal court. How is the federal government which runs the federal courts and funds the federal courts, going to also pay for the defendant's legal fees. That that doesn't make sense, but that doesn't mean they won't do it. It won't happen. So before we get out of here, um, I do see we have a call from Eric Cole 646. Um, thank you for calling in the New Abolitionist Radio. Can you share um, some of your thoughts with us as we get ready to close out? Of course. Evening, Brother Scotty. And uh, Greatly appreciate the broadcast as ever. I, I just wanted to uh, mention a couple of ongoing uh, calls to action that, uh, you know, have been brought to my attention. Uh, one of which uh, just started up today. Uh, matter of fact, posted about it on the community, but I don't, I don't know. Are those able to be seen at this time on the, no, the community the network page? is down. If you refer to the uh, beginning of the podcast when I was going through announcements, you'll get some more detail there, uh, um, Tag. But um, if you could just remind us quickly uh, about what those actions are and any other place they can find them. Yeah, no doubt. And, yeah, if you just uh, – if there's another spot to place the links for that, I'm happy uh, to our, do our so. Our Facebook group, Move to Abolish 21st Century Slavery. No doubt. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll see toward that. Uh, I'm, I'm not on a farce book like that these days, but I'll, I'll definitely try and uh, make a point of, of placing those there. Uh, the One of them is, is going on in North Carolina, matter of fact. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Laurenburg, North Carolina, but there's a prison plantation out there called Scotland Correctional. And uh, heads over there have just started a hunger strike today. And so there's a call for 
support, you know, a phone zap and to uh, call them at that facility to just make uh, our support known to uh, those there, particularly the, the captain there, his name is Henderson, and there's a superintendent named Katie Poole, and uh, the number to reach them is 910-844-3078, and they started a hunger strike today uh, behind the, what they're, uh, re, you know, um, referring to as not not only, you know, ver the kinds of uh, late night uh, so-called seg checks that, you know, that we've certainly heard about that keep heads um, awake or wake them up when, when they're under uh, solitary confinement conditions, um, but also that, that they are, um, that they're, essentially uh, limiting and, 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 you know, severely limiting Hedges' uh, recreation time that are, that are being held in solitary there. And so, again, that's at Scotland uh, Correctional in Laurenburg, North Carolina. And the other is around a particular unit at Rikers called AMKC Quad Unit, and they're, they're not getting any sort of uh, mental health support at that particular unit. And uh, there's, there's a real problem with just, uh, you know, unsanitary conditions, uh, somebody who's been going through uh, severe mental health issues there uh, and, and, you know, uh, urinating and, and uh, you know, feces um, in the cell and, and it's getting into other heads of cells that are, uh, you know, in, in solitary there. And uh, apparently the overseers there are having those that are held uh, clean it up themselves without any kind of, you know, um, gloves or, or, or sanitary material. And um, they're really not helping this individual whatsoever. So there's a, there's a call for a phone zap there. Uh, again, that's the AMKC quad unit at Rikers and, uh, the, the phone number is 718-546-0890. And uh, that information could be found uh, if you look up the group. It's up to us to end mass incarceration, uh, who, uh, you know, was uh, a member of that group, was a guest on the on New Abolitionist uh, a few weeks back. Yes, so, um, yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll try and post those links up. Okay, so again, listeners, that's Move to Abolish 21st Century Slavery is the group name if you are on uh, Facebook. But definitely, you know, um, we are trying to bring btrcommunity.com back online, uh, but it's going to be a clean, uh, brand new install. Um, that, that database is corrupted. Um, but um, in order to ensure that it has its full functionality this time, as I explained at the beginning, uh, the broadcast doing my uh, updates is that um, I'm shopping for a server with good customer service, but also the necessary scripts to provide the full functionality like the video upload feature. Um, so it, it's taking, you know, a little time, but please continue to be patient and also please continue to support the nonprofit um, Black Talk Media Project and our independent media uh, operations and different projects we have coming up. All right, Tag, thanks again, man, uh, for giving us an update, and thank you for all you do as our abolitionists in the NYC area. No question. Thank you. All right. Okay, that brings us to a conclusion of tonight's broadcast. You know, it gets very depressing doing these programs because the news isn't good. Sometimes we have good news to share, like the 10-year-old having his charges dropped by Kim Worthy and not being um, charged with uh, aggravated assault and forced through juvenile court. Um, but it should have never happened in the first place. should have never happened in the first place. So uh, that's good news, but... Uh, most of what we report is bad news, but what good news is there to report uh, when we are talking about uh, prison slavery, when we're talking 21st century human trafficking, when we're talking about the various forms of racism and discrimination and the primary targets 
of it. it it's not going to be too much good news, you know. Um, are there some small victories in this war? Of course they are, but those aren't really good news. That's really just an uh, update. That's a sit rep, a situational report. That's a sit rep. Um, whether it resulted in positive action or, or, or what have you had some sort of benefit, it's still just an update. There's very little good news when we're talking about a system of slavery and human trafficking. And if you, like me, are appalled by this system, appalled by the deception of a nation that tells the world that we're a beacon, beacon of freedom and justice, while right there in their constitution it says uh, in, uh, slavery and involuntary servitude shall be abolished except as a punishment for crime and then making these deceptive movies and films and what have you, um, again, pushing this propaganda. The root cause of the injustice that I'm most concerned with in the United States is rooted right there in the 13th Amendment. It is slavery, what some call the original sin of the founding of this nation. We'll be back next week, God willing, with another broadcast of New Abolitionist Radio which is broadcast live exclusively on the Black Talk Radio Network. Until then, peace and blessings to all. Land of the free, it lies the home of the homeless. Too many die every day, and we really just want this. Freedom.